Broadcasting from Charlotte, North Carolina on Sports Byline USA. Uniting sports fans everywhere, this is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. I'm not sure that God really cares about my comfort or my happiness so much as he does my holiness and my surrender to him. For the next hour, we will unpack sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. I've always asked God to use me as an instrument in any way possible if I can help improve the lives of other people. Bringing you high energy and thought-provoking sports talk with a purpose. When you're around somebody that has that joy and you can feel it and it's contagious. Now, from his mic to your ears, this is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to Unpacking It, where we unpack sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. I'm Bryce Johnson. So glad to be with you today and really excited about the two guests that will join us. Uh, First up, we'll talk a little golf with Ben Crane. He's a five-time PGA Tour winner and played in the Masters six different times with two top 25 finishes, and it'll be great to catch up with him. And then also, we're going to welcome on former Olympic long-distance runner Ryan Hall. He's got a great story and a new book, and he'll join us in just a little bit. Then, at the end of the show, we'll do our segment, Unpack This, about Virginia winning the national championship. I got to tell you, I I was all in on wanting to see them win, and and not only is the redemption story fantastic, there's just so much more to it and and all that that Tony Bennett has been through and and to prepare to be able to lead this team to the championship is remarkable and so we'll unpack that in in just a little bit as well and and also he's been on our show twice in the past and so to be able to see and and talk to you know who he was kind of as they were starting out and and building this program to now be able to to watch him hold up that trophy it was really, really cool. So hopefully we'll have a chance to get him back on the show at some point and get his thoughts on what his team was able to accomplish. So, so much to get into on today's show. We're coming to you on Sports Byline USA, the American Forces Network, Sirius XM, Channel 211, Dan Patrick Radio. I'm Bryce. It's Unpacking It. We'll be back with Ben Crane. Inspiring conversations and intriguing interviews. More unpacking it with bryce johnson after this bringing you unique insight into the faith and character of guests from the sports world welcome back to unpacking it with bryce johnson it's unpacking it i'm bryce johnson check out our website unpackingit.com And joining us now is Ben Crane, a pro golfer and a five-time PGA Tour winner. He played his college golf at the University of Oregon and earned his PGA Tour card in 2002. He recently finished tied for eighth at the Puerto Rico Open. He's played in the Masters six times with two top 25 finishes, but he's not playing this year. Ben is also a husband, a father of three, and a follower of Jesus. We're excited to welcome Ben back on Unpacking It. Ben, thanks so much for joining us. How are you? 
I'm doing great, thanks. Uh, I just learned learned uh, something I didn't know, so I, I appreciate that. <laughs> what, what was that? I learned uh, I didn't know I'd had two top 25 finishes. People always ask me what's my best finish at the Masters. And one year I finished 17th, I think, and I had a chance to – I thought I was actually – it was going to be good enough to get back into the tournament the following year, um, but it ended up moving a couple spots down. But I didn't realize I had two top 25s. Okay. That's uh, – encouraging uh you know this week for me being at home obviously disappointed because it's the greatest week of the year in golf um but um the only thing that's good about not being at the masters is watching on tv because uh it is a great great week of uh watching some awesome golf and um just such an incredible golf tournament yeah well so what is that like for you because you're you're playing golf all the time and you know you, you live it breathe it all that sort of thing so when you're not in a tournament What's that like to to watch it? What's kind of your your strategy to to watch? Well, I mean, obviously, I, I know the guys fairly well. I know their games, um, and um, you know, I'm not there this year, and I haven't. My last couple of years haven't been as good, and so I'm watching it from a a standpoint of okay, you know, how can I get better? Um, but also, um, it's great entertainment, um, and I also know the course, so I know what they're facing. I know what the scary shots are. I know where they're um, you know, trying to um, gain ground. I know which side of the fairway you want to be on. You know, if the pin's left on eight, you got to be over to the right because the overhanging trees down down the left-hand side if you lay up too far left. And there's a world of golf course to the right, too. You can lay up all the way over there all, uh, almost in the ninth fairway. So, I mean, just those little intricacies, you know, that I've learned over um, the number of times that I've played there and um, been fortunate enough to bring my dad there, play with, bring some friends there. I took my caddy there and a friend there um, last year with my member friend, Matt Rose. Um, we, you know, just so many great memories there. And um, so just watching from that standpoint of all the little details of the course and knowing what they're going through. That's awesome. What a great perspective. And so what's that like then playing there when, it, when the, the actual Masters isn't taking place? It's, um, it's a different golf course. You know, um, little things like they mow the fairways towards the, the green, which doesn't sound like a big deal, mm. but when they mow the fairways towards the tee box, turns all the grass to look very dark and into the grain. So when the ball lands, the ball will only roll. I mean, as you guys watch uh, the tournament today, the ball in the fairway won't, unless it's on a downhill, it will not run very far. Whereas say if they turn the mowers down grain, which they do for the members, you know, you'll get, you know, 80, hundred yards of roll if it's firm. Um, and now you're only getting maybe 15, just depending on how, firm the conditions are so it lengthens the golf course uh significantly for us um they mow the greens uh, around the greens away from the green as well so Mm. it makes it very difficult to chip when the grass is growing into you and you are chipping you that end of the grain wants to stop the club so you have to apply the bounce use the bounce bounces your friend um but it makes it just contact it's just that much more critical and she'll see a lot of guys putting because they're not confident um in that contact around the greens because the grass is growing into you whereas when the grass is growing with you it's a simple i mean you can land the club an inch behind it or you know right it doesn't matter like you're going to make good contact so just those little things um are super important like that. No, that, that's fascinating to hear. Ben Crane, our guest right now on Unpacking It, a pro golfer, five-time PGA Tour winner. And, and so you mentioned playing golf with your dad there. 
at what point in your life did you become better at golf than your dad? <laughs> my dad is not a great golfer. Oh, okay, um, gotcha. So it was it was early. But I mean, I, I mean, I think I shot. You know, we used to play before church. Um, we used to get up super early and uh, get to the first tee and. Um, and you know, I'd lay down on the tee box behind him and he'd hit, and I'd be like, it took off a little bit to the right, walk down the right. And we'd tee off before sunrise. And, um, but I mean, it was like one of those mornings when I was probably 11 years old and I, you know, probably shot 45 on nine holes and, you know, snuck my dad, beat him by, you know, a shot or two. So it, it was, uh, it was, it was early for sure. Very cool. So then what kind of role did he play just in your golf career? What was that dynamic like? He saw me, my grandpa, my, um, my mom's dad was an amazing man who, um, owned a concrete block company in Portland, Oregon, and just was a great businessman. And as he retired, he loved golf and lived next door to Portland golf club and Portland golf club held, held, held the Fred Meyer challenge, um, which was the PJ tour event that Peter Jacobson held for a number of years. And so I got to watch some of the pros there as a little kid. And my grandpa um, played with his old cronies um, twice a week, oh. Thursdays and Saturday mornings. And I got to play every once in a while when, um, when one of those guys wouldn't show up. And finally, one of those guys died for me so I could oh. get his spot. Oh, <laughs> so, so, so then I learned to play dime a hole, double or nothing on 18, and just fell in love with the game. Um, and by about 14, I was, I was all in. And my dad said to me, when he saw me gravitate, I played, I, I played all sports up until about 14, and then I gravitated towards golf because I thought I could maybe do it professionally. Mm. My dad said mm. to me, Ben, I will support you. We didn't have a lot of money. We were lower middle class, and um, it was a privilege for me to go over to a, a nice golf course and play golf. And he said to me, I will support you 100% in your golf and I will do anything I can to help you financially, anything I can do. Mm. And I was like, wow. So when he said that to me, it was like green light. Like if I, you know, um, wanted to go play a tournament and, you know, drive across the state or something like that, whatever, like he would help either drive me there or get me there. Or he would, he would just find a way to get it done. He wanted to nourish the, um, the joy that I had and the, and the work ethic I had for the game. And, and so that was a massive role for me. And then when I turned pro right out of college, I asked 25 people to put up 5,000 bucks a piece um, for three years to, um, to help me see if I could make it on the PGA Tour. And he was the first person to say, I'm in. Oh. Um, and he took a cu- couple of those and then uh, um, asked some of his friends if they would partner with us in the mission. And, and so he was a, instrumental for sure. Oh, what a, what a great story. And, and what I love about that is the fact that this was your passion, your dream, and he came alongside you to support you. That's a neat story from, from Ben Crane, our guest right now, on Unpacking It. So, so yeah, what is your encouragement to, to parents who, you know, see this idea of, oh, man, it'd be great for my kids to play golf, son or daughter. What, what would you say to them as they, as they kind of introduce them to the game or, or their son or daughter has an interest in the game? Yeah, I think the number one thing um, is enjoyment, right? I mean, how do you um, help your kids enjoy it? So, and I think one of the, the, the things that you need to do to enjoy it is obviously go and do it. But once you do get there with your kids is to make it fun. 
Um, and, um, you know, if we overload our kids with rules um, or um, with instruction, um, it just it just crushes the joy. Mm. Um, and so just create those fun memories um, and make the golf course a fun place for them to go because as you get older, if your kids play golf, you're probably going to get to spend a lot of time with them, which is super fun. So, Gosh, what a, what a cool approach. Ben Crane, our guest right now on Unpacking It, pro golfer, five-time PGA Tour winner, and uh, played in the Masters six times. And we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we'll ask him all about how he's feeling about his own golf game right now, as well as what he's learning in regards to his faith journey. And also, I want to ask him about college golf fellowship and the ben crane challenge so a lot to get to with ben crane i'm bryce johnson this is unpacking it on sports byline usa and sirius xm channel 211 dan patrick radio and streaming on sportsbyline.com intriguing guests and inspiring conversations this is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. Thanks so much for joining us on Unpacking It. I'm Bryce Johnson. Check out our website, unpackingit.com. We're coming to you on Sports Byline USA and Sirius XM Channel 211. And we're in the middle of a conversation with pro golfer Ben Crane, five-time PGA Tour winner. And and so we, we got to talk about kind of where your game is at. How, how you feeling so far this year and, and what are some things that, that you're focusing on? Yeah, so um, in my career, you know, I'm 43 years old. I've been on tour now for, I guess, 19 years. Wow. Um, you know, you, when, when you're a kid, you know, you always dream of playing on the PGA Tour. You never know when you're good enough or if you're good enough um people always ask me when was the day you knew and i'm like the day i made it when was the day you're you knew you're good enough to win the day i won i mean i just i didn't know i wasn't that kid who was just like destined for greatness in golf i mean i never won the oregon high school state championship i never you know i only um you know won once in college um you know i mean i I just i just kept progressing and kept working hard and and good things happened and I've had great coaching along the way. Um, so I'm, you know, I, I just watched the, uh, the, the cold play movie, um, yesterday and their secret sauce is just hard work. You know yeah. what I mean? Just like absolutely crushing the hard work. And so they try to treat every album like it's their first and their last. They might never get another chance. Right. And so I'm trying to treat this year as this could be my last, you know, yeah. and I want to, go down swing and I want to give it absolutely everything I've got. Um, and so I've been, I've been on, I, I, I kind of had 15 years of really steady, good golf, top 70 on the money list. Um, last two or three years have been kind of down. Hmm. So I've ha- I've gotten off track a little bit. And now just for like the last six months, I, um, like you mentioned, I just had a top 10 recently. Um, I had a chance to win in Puerto Rico I'm inching my way up and I see everything going in the right direction. I see my practice going the right direction. I see, um, my technique, you know, on video, I, you know, my caddy and I will film almost every day. The swing, we'll look at the swing plane, look at the stuff and I'll look at it and I'll be like, I, I wouldn't change a thing. Mm. And I haven't said that for a couple of years. So, um, so I'm making progress. Uh, so the state of my game is, um, I'm, I'm excited. I'm confident. Um, 
because I finished 126 to 150 on the money list last year, I don't get first choice of tournaments. I kind of get second choice. Mm. So I'm not in this week um, or next week, um, but then I'll play three in a row after that. So it's like when they call, say you're in, I'm, I'm, I'm showing up with a smile on my face, ready to play. I'm home these couple weeks, um, plugging in with the kids, you know, trying to, I went, did line dancing with my seven-year-old girl <laughs> at, at her school yesterday for recess. And I'm like, this is awesome. <laughs> so great. trying to, try, trying to be a dad and, uh, and, uh, and, and keep my game sharp at the same time. Yeah, well, and, and the other aspect that just kind of keeping up with you is you also want to impact the, the next generation of golfers. And at this stage of your career, being able to, to pour into you know, the, the young guys that are, that are up and coming. And, and two, two things that, that I know you're, you're involved with and, and would love to just kind of get your thoughts on it and, and just kind of the story behind the Ben Crane Challenge, as well as your involvement with, with college golf fellowship so so how are those things maybe connected and how are they different and 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 what what all is involved with both of those things yeah thanks for mentioning that um yeah we're doing um the web simpson challenge has been going on for the last boy i mean almost um eight ten years now um and so um was talking to web about that web's one of my best friends on tour and he has held a junior golf tournament and um in the pinehurst area and just gives the kids the opportunity in high school to come play a great golf tournament, stay overnight, play three days, um, get some great encouragement from him and some other tour players, um, and also get a great message of, um, of hearing Webb's story about how he came to faith in Christ. And so um, I was like, man, I, I love, obviously golf is, is my passion. Um, and But beyond that, you know, my life is about, knowing Christ and making him known. Mm. And so um, I am super excited about this year hosting the, yeah, the Ben Crane Challenge. So we're doing it at the Gaylord here in Nashville. If there's any high school golfers out there that want to come, man, we would love uh, to have you. And, and so um, we're, we're very excited about that. And, and also with that, um, College Golf Fellowship um, is an organization that if you play college golf anywhere in the country, um, you have an opportunity to come to these retreats where tour players host these retreats for three days at their house. And we do paintball and oh. like crazy fun games and <laughs> club throwing contest. And, um, and then we hear great Bible teaching, um, in the evenings, um, and play basketball and card games and just have a fun. And, um, our kids just, you know, have so much fun with all these, um, college golfers in our house. Um, last year we had, about 25 of them for three days and just had an unbelievable time. So um, though our retreat is in December, um, always when the kids get out of school, right around that December 15th to 17th time for a few days. So, And those college golfers, a lot of those guys will come be counselors at our uh, Ben Crane Challenge. Oh. So um, that'll be super fun to have um, the guys available for that. I'll speak to the guys. And, um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's an exciting time for, um, trying to impact the next, next generation of, of young golfers. Absolutely. I, I love that. And it's so cool to hear about it. And, and so when you, you mentioned you, you kind of share with those, those guys and, and give them an encouraging word, what, what is maybe your, your message to them that, that you feel like, man, this is what's on my heart that, that I, I really want this, this age group to, to really understand and, and know about. I think the most important thing, um, you know, when I was um, 12, 13, 14, 15, I cared so much about what other people thought about me. 
And it just like directed so many things I did. Um, and actually I kind of turned to golf, um, when I was six, 15, 16, that, that age, I'm like, you know what, forget this school and all these, you know, like, uh, volatile relationships and stuff, whatever. I just like, I was just so uncomfortable with it. It just wasn't a great time for me in my life. And so I kind of just ran to golf. Hmm. Um, and, um, and so I think my message to these kids is this is like the most challenging time in your life is navigating these relationships. And now, you know, I've got a 12 year old daughter and, and the phone is just, um, so incredibly, um, challenging. And so I think just sharing with the kids that, that this is a challenging time and there are so many pitfalls, um, on this phone with, um, with Instagram and pornography, um, and just keeping up with other kids and the, the you know, the depression rates have just gone through the roof mm. and suicide has gone through the roof. Um, because everyone's acting like they're having the greatest time mm. and no one's struggling. Mm. Um, and um, it's just not true. If anything, it's the opposite. I think just giving kids a chance to let their story be known, um, share where they're at, and then we can share, you know, some of our stories of, um, and, um, you know, share in our hearts because we're built for community, you know. Um, in Hebrews, you know, it says we're supposed to um, come together um, as a community of believers, um, Hebrews 10, 24, and 25, and be an encouragement to each other. Uh, and I believe that this junior golf tournament will do that. I believe the College Golf Fellowship gives us an opportunity to do that, certainly Young Life um, and our youth groups um, and our local church. Um, so I think that's – if we're doing that, I think we, we have an opportunity to show um, um, other people that, hey, it's okay to struggle. We're all – um, trying to follow Christ, and um, and there's grace and truth, um, unlike any other. You know, Jesus paid for it all, um, and I don't have to earn it. I mean, what what grace is that? So, um, very excited about being able to share that with the kids and share a little bit of my story and my struggles. Um, so they can understand how to navigate these times. What what a great message from Ben Crane, pro golfer, five-time PGA Tour winner, joining us here on Unpacking It. And, and so that, that, that's a great message, and, and I'm, uh, it's awesome you're be, being able to to share that to that, that next generation of, of people. And, and so today I'm, I'm curious, what, what message has been really on your heart for you personally? What, what's God been teaching you and, and something that maybe you're either wrestling with or learning or, or, or studying on your own? My verse for the year is Psalm 4610. Mm. And that Psalm 4610 talks about being still and knowing that he is God. Mm. Um, I have this, um, this internal motor that can tend to go and, um, on a lot of good things. Um, but ultimately I can get myself away from the ultimate thing Mm. and that is being with Christ. And so, um, this year I just, um, I have my life plan set out and in my life plan, I try to organize my life. You know, Proverbs says to mark out a straight path for your feet so that you will remain upon it. And so, you know, from my family and I break down each person, to, hey, what is it that, you know, we want to be intentional to do this year with my wife, uh, with each of my kids. Um, so I try to keep my life fairly in front of me that way. A lot of people think it might create like stress or bondage, whatever, but it's actually freedom because then I kind of know I'm going the right direction. Hmm. Um, and so this, the, the Psalm 4610 is the great reminder for me um, to, to spend time in the Word each day. So and, um, and then after I spend time in the Word, it's just to be still and just let God just um, speak to me or just, um, just let the Holy Spirit just, you know, the Holy Spirit lives inside of us, right? And so 
A lot of times it doesn't say in the Bible that God, you know, thunderously spoke, right? But it's just in that gentle whisper, right, Mm -hmm. of his voice, right? Are we still enough to hear what God is saying? It always sounds like um, what the Bible, right, is teaching us. um, And it's always always good and it's always personal just to us. Mm. Um, And so... Um, that's, that's really something I've been processing and just trying to just be still, uh, with the Lord, because that's where I get rest and rest for my soul that I'm then able to go out and to encourage others because I've spent time with my savior. Um, and there's just nothing better than that. Amen. That, that's powerful and encouraging and I really appreciate that, Ben. And, uh, we'll, we'll end it right there. I could talk to you all day. One of my favorite guests and I really appreciate you coming back on unpacking it today and enjoy watching the the masters and uh and look forward to to catching up again yeah we'll talk soon thanks bryce take care buddy awesome thanks so much there's ben crane joining us here on unpacking it going beyond the field this is unpacking it with bryce johnson on sports byline usa Hey, hey, it's Bryce Johnson, and really appreciate you listening to the Unpacking It radio show each week. But I want to invite you to check out our website, unpackingit.com, so that you can sign up to receive Unpacking It each day in your email. That's right. We send out an encouraging, challenging, inspiring word uh, through email. It's, it's in written form. It's a, a devotional that takes a current sports story, relates it to the Bible. We call it Unpack This. And you can subscribe for free by going to unpackingit.com. It's designed to help you grow in your faith and, and help you understand the Bible better, all with a little sports and some of the cool stories going on in the world of sports. And so we encourage you to check it out. It's for you, and it's about two minutes each weekday in your inbox. Check it out, unpackingit.com, and subscribe to Unpack This. And while you're at it, be sure to subscribe to our podcast as well. Bringing you unique insight into the faith and character of guests from the sports world. Welcome back to Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. This is Unpacking It. I'm Bryce Johnson coming to you on Sports Byline USA the American Forces Network, and Sirius XM Channel 211, Dan Patrick Radio. Thanks so much for being with us today. Hope you enjoyed our conversation with Ben Crane, a pro golfer. And if you missed any part of that conversation, be sure to check out our podcast on unpackingit.com or anywhere podcasts are found. You can always get in touch with me, Bryce, B-R-Y-C-E, at unpackingit.com. Always love to hear from you. And you can also follow me on Twitter, Bryce Radio, and then like our Facebook page, Unpacking It, uh, there, as well as on Instagram, Unpacking It. And joining us right now on Unpacking It is Ryan Hall. He is the American record holder for the half marathon and has the fastest marathon time ever run by an American With a PR of 2 hours, 4 minutes, and 58 seconds, he represented the United States at the 2008 and 2012 Olympic Games in the marathon. Ryan grew up in Big Bear Lake in Southern California. He attended Stanford and is currently retired from professional running. He's now a coach and a speaker, and he lives in Flagstaff, Arizona with his wife Sarah and their four adopted daughters from Ethiopia. 
He joins us to discuss his new book, Run the Mile You're In, Finding God in Every Step, and it's available April 16th. Ryan, glad to have you on today. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on the show, Bryce. All right, man. Well, we got so much to uh, to get into, and it's exciting about the the new book. And and I want to start though in kind of the the fascinating aspect of the story is the fact that you didn't always love running. So so what's the story behind that, and how did you end up getting into running at the age of 13 years old? Yeah, I think this is a story probably a lot of people can relate to. Um, where like I grew up loving baseball, basketball, and football. Um, the problem was I was five foot tall and a hundred pounds when I was going into high school. So I was <laughs> tiny. And, uh, so you can imagine trying to throw the ball past people from the pitching mound when you're a hundred pounds, is not an easy task. And, um, I remember I was going down to a basketball game. I was 13 years old and this was in eighth grade and we were going down uh, past the lake in my hometown in Big Bear and just looking out over the lake and just feeling like, even though I hated to run, like feeling this like source of inspiration that like, it's easy for me to look back now and be like, that was totally God, like planting a seed of inspiration in me. But at the time just almost felt like a daydream, you know, mm. and I was like, man, what would it be like to try and like run around the lake? Um, 15 miles around the lake and you know I had done some like fun runs with my dad and um, been around running a little bit because my dad was into it my sister ran track her freshman year in high school but you really had no interest to run at all and uh, but there's something about that moment that just kind of captured me and it's crazy for me to reflect back on that now Um, because you know when we make these little tiny choices we're 13 years old and you think like well like how big of a difference is this going to make in my life? But actually like choosing to act on that, that moment, that seed of inspiration I got from God totally changed the trajectory of my life. Totally changed my passions. I went from hating to run to going out for this run and just suffering. It was super hard. It wasn't like I just went out and ran. It was just like supernatural. I felt great the whole time. It's like, I was, I was hurting so bad. It was like one of the hardest runs I've ever done, but that was the moment where God kind of captured me. He's like, this is what I have for you. And I felt like he was telling me after that run that uh, he'd give me a gift to run with the best guys in the world, but he gave me that gift so I could help other people. And uh, then, you know, I embarked, that was the beginning. That was the vision, the launching point of my entire story and, and my passion with running that would last the next 20 years. Oh, man, that's incredible. So at this point, though, in your life, what was your your faith like? Because as a 13-year-old, to get this kind of revelation and, and vision uh, is, you know, pretty remarkable. So, so, so where were you at kind of in that, in that faith journey? Yeah, you know, I was super blessed to grow up in a Christian home and going to church and stuff. But I wouldn't say my faith was super important to me. I'd say sports were more important to me than, yeah. than knowing God. And so, you know, that's why my running has always been really closely linked to my faith because— they both kind of grew together. There's like two vines that were interwoven with each other. So like it was God who got me into running. And then as I went through my running journey, it was just 
experiencing him over and over and over again and just growing in my relationship with him as I was also growing in my running ability and in my running career. Um, so, you know, I wasn't like super spiritual when I was 13. Uh, I would read my Bible like a chapter a day is what I try and do and, you know, say a prayer now and again, but I wouldn't say I was, you know, trying to have conversations with God. And uh, that, that really changed when I started to run and it put me in a position of, um, being more dependent on God. Like I remember one of the first things that happened when I started pursuing running is I lost all my friends because in Big Bear, there was no track team at the high school. There's no cross country team, like no kids at high school were running. So when I started running, like there was no one else doing it. My dad actually started a, a program, a tracking cross country program, just so that I would be able to compete. Really? And so I remember, you know, walking through the, the, quad one day and just being super lonely I was going into my dad's class to eat lunch with him because I had like no friends like zero which was different for me you know I'd always been kind of hanging out with the cool crowd the kids who were playing baseball basketball and football and now here I was just kind of lonely I remember saying a prayer to God in that moment just being like God like I feel really lonely like I need to have friendship with you I need to experience you I need to have someone to talk to, you know, and, you know, he met me in that moment and it wasn't any, you know, like bright light from heaven or audible voice or anything like that, but it was just, just a, a I'd say a, a calm peace that kind of came over me and um, has always been a part of how I experience God now. Ryan Hall, our guest right now on Unpacking It, and he's, he's written a new book called Run the Mile You're In, and, and we'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, but I want to go back to your Olympic experience. And, you know, it's such a special opportunity for somebody to to not only go to one Olympics, but but you went to two, uh, dealt with an injury on the on the second one. And so when did the Olympics become the goal? What what are the things that that come to mind and and really that you cherish a, about that? You know, I I was never surprised um but when I started getting results, especially after graduating from Stanford and starting to run professionally and running 59 minutes in the half marathon, um, which at the time put me in the top, I think, 10 performers of all time for the half marathon in the world. So when I started, those things started happening. I, not to be like arrogant or, um, or anything, but I, I, I wasn't surprised by those things because I felt like when I was 13, like God was telling me I was going to run with the best guys in the world. And so I think that really speaks to like, what do we believe about ourselves in our deepest core? You know, like what is, what do we believe is possible? Cause I just always expected that to happen. And so I train that way. I live my life that way. I was disciplined as if I were a world-class runner, even though I wasn't, you know, many of those early years, the first 10 years of my running, I wasn't a world-class runner, but I was acting and conducting myself like one because that's how I saw myself. So, and I think a lot of people can relate to this as well. So, you know, as a kid, as 13 year old, wanting to always go to the Olympics and then finally achieving that was just like such an amazing experience. But I also wanted to have my best day ever at the Olympics in both Beijing and London, both those days. I was like, man, if I could have one day where like, I'm just at my best, like I want it to be today. And I wasn't, you know, I would have loved to obviously getting a medal winning all that was like, extremely exciting, but I was more concerned with excellence and being at my very best. And that's really what my heart was longing for on those days. 
But, um, you know, my experience was that is sometimes as hard as you try, as much as you try and um, take care of your body, do everything right to prepare for one moment when you want to be on. Like sometimes the reality is like you're just not on. <laughs> and mm. and I, don't, I still can't tell you why. You know, I have some some ideas, but I don't know for sure, like why I was quote unquote off, you know, at the Beijing Olympics. Like I just wasn't the best version of myself mm. for whatever reason. Um, but the cool thing about faith and knowing God and doing sports with God is even when you're off, there's always something to be gained from that experience. And like God still has something good. He a gift he wants to give you in every single race or competition that you may do. So like, for example, for me in the Olympics, um, in Beijing, I was starting to pout. This was like halfway through the race, you know, and like praying, but really kind of pouting to God, you know, yeah, and being yeah. like, what? this is not what I wanted to happen. Being so frustrated, not knowing what's going on, you know, back in like 60th place. And I can't even see the leaders and I wanted to be on the podium and uh, just complaining to God in that moment. And I felt like he was telling me, like, I want you to start encouraging other people around you. And that was the last thing I felt like doing, you oh, know, man. like throwing a self pity party. But I, but I've learned that like when God tells me to do something, when I obey it, it ends up being good for me. So I've learned to, to try and, and listen, listen to that voice and then obey that voice. So I started doing that. Um, just every guy I'd catch, I'd just be like, Hey man, good job. Doing great. Let's work together. Try and catch the next group or whatnot. Just like a couple words, you know, but it's amazing how that changed my own experience in that race. And I went from being so internal and aware of my own pain and my own suffering, my own disappointment. And then when I started encouraging other people, I got outside of myself and I was able to relax and just kind of find my flow state again and start to perform better, you know? So it was actually like a performance enhancing thing to encourage other people while you're out there. So, you know, it didn't like completely change my day. I didn't end up winning the race or getting on the podium, but I ended up finishing 10th, which was a lot better than, you know, where I was halfway into that race. Oh, that's um, but that's just kind of one example of, you know, like God always has a life lesson. I think that he wants to teach us in every single competition that we're doing. Gosh, what a great perspective from Ryan Hall. And so the, the book is called Run the Mile You're In, Finding God in Every Step. Yeah, I always knew I wanted to write a book to just kind of like share my story with the world because I feel like God just taught me so much through it. And I was like, man, if I could encourage just one person with, with my journey, like I want to share that, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's really the goal and the purpose in writing the book is just being like, man, I hope people can find a couple nuggets in here that just really encourages them on their own, their own journey. And I kind of got to the point where I, I went full circle with my running career. Um, and, you know, it started with a 15 mile run around the lake. It ended with seven marathons on seven continents in seven days, which was even more of an epic challenge, yeah. as you can imagine, than that first 15-mile run. And it just brought such great closure to that season of my life. And it allowed me to kind of move into this next season of my life, which is more about um, how can I encourage other people? How can I love other people? How can I help other people on their journey to reach their highest potential. So then, you know, that's what I'm doing now with the writing, the speaking. I also coach um, as well. I do some online coaching. I coach some athletes in person as well. And that's, you know, that's kind of what I burn for now. The book, Run the Mile You're In, Finding God in Every Step. 
He's Ryan Hall. The website, ryanandsarahhall.com. You can find more information about the book and everything that Ryan's up to uh, now and, and him and his wife. And man, Ryan, really appreciate you joining me today and just uh, love the insight and, and all that God's done in your life. And it's, it's been an incredible journey. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Bryce. I, I appreciate you letting me share my story with your audience. Absolutely. Check out ryanandsarahhall.com. Coming up next is our segment, Unpack This, about Virginia winning the national championship. Inspiring conversations and intriguing interviews. More Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson after this. This is Unpacking It. I'm Bryce Johnson. It's time for our final segment of the day. We call it Unpack This, where I take a current sports story and relate it to the Bible and our own lives. So let's jump right in. All week long, we've heard how Virginia went from losing to a 16th seed to winning the national championship. But even though this kind of win is truly remarkable and seems like a script written for a Hollywood movie, I am also interested in the layers and lessons that have been learned along the way. This redemption story isn't just about one big loss and one big win, and the story isn't close to being over either. Head coach Tony Bennett has been preparing for this specific season for many years. His story includes playing for his dad in college, having a short NBA career, and watching his team struggle in previous tournaments. Every step along the way, his character and faith were being developed and ultimately tested. Not every coach would have been able to handle this chapter, but each moment of his redemption story contributed to Monday night's special win. Tony Bennett and Virginia's journey reminds me how each of us has our own redemption story. Every season of the journey contributes to the overall story, and God continually redeems anything and everything for his purposes. So, with Virginia's story as an example, we should ask ourselves, do we believe God will redeem our biggest failure? Are we remaining faithful during the journey out of that failure? Do we persevere when another challenge pops up while we're on the way forward? And do we have hope that our story isn't over? The Bible says to focus our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of faith. I believe he has already written an awesome redemption story for each of us and invites us to follow his script and trust him along the way. Our story is ongoing. It's not over after our own loss to a 16th seed, and it's not over after a championship game either. So let's embrace each moment and each chapter of the journey as we prepare for eternity with God. So I hope you're willing to unpack that for yourselves and really appreciate you joining me today and hope you'll stay connected with us throughout the week on social media and on unpackingit.com. If you have any thoughts about today's show, you can email me, bryce at unpackingit.com. Until next time, I'm Bryce Johnson. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sins. He was resurrected, and through faith, I have been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a wonderful week. This has been Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson on Sports Byline USA and Sirius XM, Channel 211, Dan Patrick Radio.